Welcome back to the LifePoint Drivecast. My name is Cale Boer. I'm the teaching pastor at the Delaware campus. This past Sunday, we kicked off our series, uh, Now Playing, a series we've done for a long time where we talk about the intersection of faith and film and look at how these stories can ultimately point us to the great story, uh, the greatest story ever told. And so we were looking at Top Gun, uh, Maverick, and there's a ton of themes in that film. I chose to really focus on just one, uh, the relationship between Uh, Maverick and Rooster, right? So uh, Maverick, Tom Cruise's character, uh, became sort of a surrogate father for uh, Rooster. Rooster, that's his call sign. Uh, His dad was was Goose in the original uh, film. And so uh, when his father was killed, obviously, in the original film, uh, Maverick sort of takes over this fatherly role. But something happens in their relationship where uh, when Rooster grows up, he uh, goes to apply for uh, the Naval Academy and... uh, Maverick pulls his application, uh, partly because uh, Rooster's mother's dying wish was that he would not get involved and go the same route uh, that Rooster did, but also Maverick says, I just didn't think he was ready. Well, when we meet these two characters, what we realize is uh, it's been uh, several years since that happened, and Rooster is extremely angry. He has held on to this sort of grudge against Maverick for doing that. It set him back years in his career. He didn't understand why Maverick did that, and they've not talked, it seems, in years. And so when they get put together in the film, eventually that all comes to the front and it blows up. And in the end, there's reconciliation and forgiveness, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, But it got me thinking a lot as I was watching it just about uh, this concept of forgiveness and Uh, bitterness and uh, really how do we forgive and let go of wrongs done to us. And so I took us to 1 Corinthians 13 and in 1 Corinthians 13, which oftentimes is read at weddings, uh, which is interesting. It certainly is appropriate for that, but it's not actually about marriage primarily. Uh, It's about God's love for us and what that love looks like and how it should shape our love toward one another. And so in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth, who who is very spiritually gifted. And he's saying, you know, um, having all the gifts of the Holy Spirit and being able to speak in tongues and being able to prophesy and being able to uh, experience healing and, and, and having all these gifts of faith, he says, that's great. But if you don't love each other, then it doesn't mean anything. If I have all these things and we see all these miracles, but we don't uh, we don't have love, Paul says, then then it's worthless. And so he goes on to define love, and he says love is patient, and love is kind. And at one point in time, uh, in verse 5, he says, love keeps no record of wrongs. And the actual Greek there is that love does not count up wrongdoing. And one commentator, I told this to our folks. This, this has been such a powerful sort of picture for me. One commentator said it's like a bookkeeper. The verbal picture we're getting there is of a bookkeeper uh, with a ledger, you know, an old school ledger, basically kind of like a checkbook for the business, right? Where you're, you're keeping track of all the debts, of all the accounts, right? Here's what's been paid. Here's who still owes people. And he said, it's like this ledger we keep. And, and so the idea is that love doesn't keep that ledger against other people. Love, loving people means we're not going around with this sort of moral ledger, taking note of every time that someone hurts us and every time someone offends us and not holding on to that, that list. And then, you know, when the argument comes, we pull out the list and say, do you remember what you did? Not holding on to those things and becoming bitter and angry 
and ruining relationships as a result of it. And so uh, the, the, the big idea of really the whole day was our experience of God's love enables us to love others. And experiencing God's forgiveness of us helps us forgive others. I basically said, guys, we got to realize that, that God didn't keep the ledger against us. He nailed it to the cross. And so he tells us, men, don't keep that ledger against each other. And I, I took us, just to show that, I took us to Colossians chapter 2, uh, verses 13 um, and 14. It says, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. God took our ledger of sin all our debt against him, every, every selfish thought, every selfish motive, every prideful moment, every time we reacted in rage or anger, lost our temper, every time we rebelled against him, every time we failed to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, or failed to love our neighbor, every time we said, Lord, I, I'm not going to submit to your will. I'm going to do it my way. God forgave us, and he did not count up those wrongdoings and then hold that against us. He said, no, Christ took that for you, nailed it to the cross, bore it himself. Jesus paid that debt. And now the Lord looks at us through Christ and says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sin from you. And he calls us and commands us as his followers, as forgiven people, to then forgive people as people loved by him, to love others that way, to choose to release bitterness, to choose by his grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive others, to let the ledger go because we recognize, Lord, I'm not going to hold their debts against them. Instead, as you have forgiven me, so I will forgive others. Let me pray for you. And then I want to encourage you just to take some time uh, to pray for yourself. Heavenly Father, I know there's more that could be said about this. I know sometimes it can be and feel complex when it comes to forgiveness and um, ha having, been, uh, ha having people hurt us. Uh, Father, I do pray that you would um, just meet people right where they are right now. Uh, and Lord, may they experience the fullness of your grace and the fullness of forgiveness. And God, through the forgiveness we've received from Christ, uh, I pray, God, that you would empower us and enable us then to forgive others. And for those who need to go have a conversation today uh, with someone who has hurt them, for those who need to go process this with a brother or sister in Christ and just start that process of forgiveness, uh, God, may it happen today and may it happen for your glory and for our good. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take some time now to pray for yourself.